We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, talking Oklahoma City Thunder basketball and the wider NBA. Sam Presti said, lower the hatch, load up the cannon, and get the tank out rolling. Catch new episodes after each Thunder game and every What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Coming to you live Sunday night, September 12th on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. Got Justin along with me tonight. Hello, everybody. Nick Crane is along for the ride. Baker Mayfield is overrated. Easy killer. Taylor Peterson is here. How about those Chiefs? And working the magic behind the scenes over here, we have J.D. Silva. I'm a Vikings fan and everything is pain. <laughs> that, is, uh, that is what it seems like. I am not an NFL guy, if you followed the pod at all. Uh, you know this. But I tweeted today, guys. I am a, I'm on a one-year veteran minimum contract to be a fan of the Arizona Cardinals. Good luck. I like we'll it. How it goes. DeAndre Kyler Hopkins fantastic. is the goat. Yeah. Yeah. Kyler Murray is a fun Kyler Murray's fun. Yep. Kyler Murray is very fun. So that's what I got going for me. It's good. It's good for I you. I like that. That and some college football. It's better than like it. three years ago when you thought you were going to be a fan of the Vikings. Yeah, Silva <laughs> talked me into that. And I had to start doubling my depression medication that, yeah. that fall. So that happen. I think things changed whenever we signed uh, Kirk Cousins for $30 million a year. Oh, that's a lot of money. It's mediocrity. Oh, one thing I didn't realize, I guess, that much until I started kind of looking into it. NFL players have to be so envious of NBA players. Yes. All sports. Even like, like baseball, when they get those humongous contracts, it's like a 12 year deal and it's not that ex- much. That's a great point. Year. It's not per year. Yep. It's a good point. Yeah. I don't know. I just see like, oh, this really big football player just signed for. Eight million dollars a season, and I was like, "Oh, so we got the mid-level exception." And it's and it's cool. like it's like <laughs> two and a half million guaranteed. Yeah, it's never fully guaranteed ever. <laughs> I was like, meanwhile, Shea Gilgis Alexander is about to make twenty-seven million dollars a year, so not too bad. Yep. That's why not when you pay your quarterback, bad. your your window of contention shrinks a little bit because you can't put talent around him. I guess it's just a byproduct of having 
so many more players on a roster, right? True. No doubt. This is why the NBA is superior to the NFL. Yes. (laughs) I will die on that hill. I don't have an NFL team, so I'm just listening to y'all. Sounds fun, though. (laughs) (laughs) Justin, do you do fantasy football? I do. I actually just got a notification uh, that Daryl Henderson Jr. just ran for a touchdown. I don't know who that is, but he's on my team. <laughs> he's on my team. <laughs> I am not awesome. a fantasy football guy, but hey, I do enjoy some fantasy basketball. So maybe we'll have yeah. to do a yes. uh, uncontested plus listeners fantasy basketball league this fall. That might be I fun. I like it. I like that, that might a lot. Be so much fun. Nick I and I are uh, we're thinking about doing a dynasty league. Oh, oh yeah. That sounds hard. I don't know what that means. You keep your players <laughs> each year. You don't you don't redraft. You have to draft oh, that's you have cool. to draft youth if you're, you're interested in the long game or you can draft. Mm. It's it's almost like if the NBA actually had a, a real fantasy draft. Like, do you want to go young? Do you want to try yeah. to win now? I'm pulling the Sam Presti, trading yeah. everything for picks. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. You guys better still be alive in ten years because that's when I'm gonna run the fantasy <laughs> basketball league. <laughs> Winning all the money for years <laughs> uh, to come. Well, gentlemen, um, middle of September, not a lot of NBA news to, going around. Unless you want to talk about the Thunder signing a new two-way guy, which I'm going to be real Josh honest. Hall. I don't want to talk about that. So uh, <laughs> we're not going to do that because nobody knows who those guys are. I don't know who that is. Nobody really cares. Yeah. We are about two weeks out from the start of training camp, though. So that's exciting. That training, is exciting. When training camp starts, we will get the annual blue-white scrimmage, which will be fun. We'll get some preseason games, which will be fun. We'll get to find out who this year's Admiral Schofield is. That is very true. guy that we think is absolutely going to make the team. And Frank Jackson. <laughs> is yeah. it Frank Jackson? Yes. No, so, that was trailer. That was a crush you had. That wasn't a that, oh, that, wasn't that a was a crush evaluation. I had. His eyes, though. I was convinced. so not a whole lot of stuff to talk about however and i'm gonna be real honest i don't know which one of you tweeted this on our podcast account although i have a hunch and i'm interested to find out here in a second (laughs) the nba 2k ratings are out yes and the fun one is that lou dort and apparently moses brown are side by side on 2k ratings uh which one of you tweeted that from the account Hmm, that was me. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I would have bet money on that. We've talked about this before, but I, I feel like with 95% certainty, I can tell you which one of us tweeted any given tweet. If on it's the more account. than one account. emoji, it's Taylor. Yep. hundred Or anything over like 100 characters is Taylor. Yes. Guaranteed. Taylor tweets like he podcasts. Just lots of words. <laughs> lots of expressions. If it if it is controversial at all, it is Nick. <laughs> and if it's very articulate, it is Justin. Yes. Mm. I was gonna say if it has a picture or a gif. That's also true. Yeah. And then I don't know. What, what's, 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 what's your brand, Jacob? I don't know. You guys stats. tell me. Like stats and uh Yeah, like actual research. like meaningful content. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably Jacob. That's where Jacob comes in. <laughs> I don't know about that. So yeah. not a lot of Thunder stuff to talk about. Besides, I, I did want to mention that 2K rating. What's up with that? Like, are they just very undervaluing Lou Dort in 2K? Are they insanely overvaluing Moses Brown? <laughs> 
Don't forget I, about Josh Giddy, who is the third highest rated rookie. I in the saw entire, that. Yeah, uh, 2K. <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, but with Moses Brown, I feel like it's one of those things where, like the you know the stats probably are inflating things, and then I think just you know he's a giant human being, and like how yeah. low of a rating can you give somebody that's that large? I think there's like there's kind of a baseline there that you have to hit True. when when you're that big. Um, I don't, I don't know how stats on 2K actually work on on the back end, but I feel like if you're seven foot two, you probably have a floor of like a, a seventy. <laughs> That's interesting because, I, guys, I don't know if Moses Brown will be in the NBA at the end of this season. Mass fans sure are excited. They've uh, bought all the Celtics fans hype. Yeah, and they're all about the Moses Brown. Yeah, Mass <laughs> well, fans are excited, out. and they should not be excited. <laughs> I know that's kind of that's, rude, what we keep, that's what we keep saying. I also I also feel like Lou Dort's a little underrated on those those rankings though. That right? like, that did surprise me because it seems like like you guys mentioned with two K it, it there's always like it, they kind of buy into the hype around players right yeah um, like for example I'm kind of shocked that Poku isn't like a ninety uh, <laughs> we saw Josh Giddy and I think one of you I, again I don't remember who said this in our our Slack our, our chat but. Um, Giddy being so involved with TikTok and obviously him playing overseas, um, that plays a large factor into it as well, playing professional basketball but, yeah. uh, before heading into the NBA rather than just college. Um, but that makes sense why he would have maybe a higher rating than we expected. But I was pretty surprised when it came to Lou Dort, um, just a player that I think has a lot of hype when you think about the OKC Thunder, uh, especially a lot of like outside NBA fans who haven't watched a lot of the Thunder over the past season. Lou Dort, Shea, Poku are kind of the three players they think of. So that did surprise me, Jacob. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? 
you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, it's... uh. I've never been into 2K. I've never, I'm not really like a big 2K player. Uh, the ratings don't matter a lot to me, unlike Hassan Whiteside. But you guys remember that? Yes. I'm just trying to get my 2K rating up. Um, Love it. So it's, I don't know. I just, I, I found it fascinating. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how, how those change moving forward. Yeah. I, I, I wonder how much of it is analytics based, like what the, What's the word I'm looking here? Like the formula or the um, like the algebraic equation they use to figure out what the what the rating should be on yeah. 2K, like, and how right. much of it is eye test and just Blue like plus bias. minus was pretty ugly last season. That, so. Yeah, you know, I wonder how much <laughs> that goes into it. Versus, if you just watch Lou, you know that he's pretty daggum good. You know. Yep. We did so. a question in the chat of what was Poku's rating. I'm on 2kratings.com, which is apparently a real website, and Poku is listed at a 74. So if you are interested in Thunder player ratings, um, Shea, obviously the highest, 86. Lou Dort, Seems while fair. only a 78, is the second highest player on the Thunder. Seems so unfair. That, yeah, right. <laughs> um, so that, I mean, that feels right. Some other notables, like we mentioned, Josh Giddy, 75, which is the same as Darius Baisley and Ty Jerome. Mm. Then you have Teo at a 74, Gabrielle Deck, 74. Uh, let's see, mm-hmm. Trey Mann, 72, JRE, 70. So basically, the Thunder are lots of all. All Where's 70s, Charlie Brown Jr. at, Justin? Charlie Brown Jr., uh, 69. Nice. nice. Very nice. nice. What about former uh, Thunder player Josh Hall? 66. <laughs> oh, he's on there. Good for Josh Hall. on the team. I, I got a question. You guys may have already answered this whenever I had some difficulties there. Um, would you rather have cut Charlie Brown Jr. or Josh Hall? Non-guaranteed, non-guaranteed I don't really give a shit an answer. Jr. Yeah, yeah. No, it, wow. that's, that's can we cut answer. them both? Dang, dude! <laughs> I would have rather I would, cut Charlie Brown. I agree. That's what I was going to say. Probably genesis of my question. Probably, yeah. I, I'm in the same boat. I do like Charlie Brown's hair, though. <laughs> he gets a few points for staying around. For he does the hair. have cool hair? Fair. Uh, yes. It is fair. He's got cool hair. All right, let's drop, talk. Are about... you going to drop bars on us? What is this? <laughs> let's uh i i got my my mixtape coming out it's going to be better than certified lover boy which was garbage but uh, wow. no, gonna, garbage. but what about trey man <laughs> oh yeah trey trey man's got a uh, trey 1k trey 1k trey 1k well speaking of looks for thunder players our man josh hitting the gym ripped you're on the stream that? you can see this my man's got veins popping out of places I didn't know you even had veins at. <laughs> you can't talk. Hey, about I like that. lifting weights in front of the uh, bathroom mirror. Also, he's got a little shower in the background. Uh, see, that was my <laughs> first thought: is a who took this picture? Yeah. B, <laughs> why is he in the bathroom with thirty-five pound dumbbells? Twenty-five or thirty? Yes, exactly. Makes it really easy he to jump in the shower afterwards. Is he, it, he I bet, propped I, it up on his wall mirror, right? Like, it was automatic timer. 
Like this, no, this, the this gives me high school. I mean, he's eighteen. Gives me high school basketball locker room vibes. Like I got this pick for the gram, so these ladies can see me jacked. It's a thirst trap for sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> but it's a, worked on a large portion of Thunder Twitter. Yes, a he is jacked. The he's got like I said veins coming out of places I didn't even know veins could come out of. It's not safe for work. <laughs> There's like zero percent body fat. And I don't know, just the maybe the lighting in the bathroom was the best place to get the mm. the the tone of yeah. Well, he's clearly you know, looking at himself in the mirror, so he's, oh, I mean, he's enjoying this as much as you tell me. Else whenever is. you go to the gym, you don't stand in front of the mirror and like roll your sleeves up as Jacob, you curl. Is this Jacob, a, I don't, is this a I don't go to the gym. I don't. I don't go to the gym. This is not a relatable <laughs> analogy for me. Silva, I do think you have a a good sounder sound drop for the giddy pick is that right uh, i think i might uh <laughs> lord have mercy i'm about to bust <laughs> good god i'm so excited for silva's new arsenal sounders it's a work we, in progress but uh, we have some material now we are amazing <laughs> hashtag in trouble oh man. amazing play it one more time hey. just so i can hear it again oh my gosh that dude has some veins going. Lord have mercy, I'm about to bust. <laughs> what is that even from? <laughs> I was about to say. Have you not seen that video? It's the old man. He's like 90, and he's saying that. <laughs> oh, that's oh, yes. So I was going to say, it reminds me of uh, Joe Exotic. Tiger King. Jeez. I bet Joe Exotic and Josh Giddy would, anyway. Oh, 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 on. <laughs> Hey, uh, Giddy oh did make God. it out to know you football game uh, this weekend. Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> uh, Sean also thought. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. <laughs> Thank you. I as well. Same page. <laughs> Man. That's incredible. Lord have uh, mercy on my soul. Giddy better be working out his ankles, too. That, no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. Put down those dumbbells and get the ankle weights like my mom doing jazzercise. Yep. <laughs> That's right. Them things up. <laughs> oh man, we better see some live TikTok in that same place in the bathroom of him doing those uh that aerobics and lift uh, and lift. Hey, and swirl. I, I say all lift. this just a complete aside here. Um, it's from some things that I saw on Twitter, some different tweets, um, some different quotes from some different players. Um, I want to say maybe it was uh, Archie who mentioned this, but I think the Thunder are trying to get together to their. Uh, you know, their players only non-official, you know, get together uh, runs that they do. Uh, I think it's been in California in the past that that um, that Rust used to put together. But yeah, apparently they're all trying to get together and, and do a little pickup. So we'll see if all those players are together um, this coming week. See if we get some video. Uh, speaking of Giddy, though, and the, the jazzercise and the, the ankle weights <laughs> and whatever, uh, I, I believe it was reported at the time of the draft that since the he his off season in Australia started, he put on like fifteen or twenty pounds, and we know he's up to six foot nine now, courtesy of himself. He is the one that that made that statement, right? That, that his, his, his bio is literally six nine point guard for the Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> so my man didn't get an opportunity, like you said, Nick, to be recruited by colleges, put I'm gonna change, up in his bio. I'm gonna change my Twitter bio. Six seven host of the uncontested. <laughs> Please do it. Please do it. Um but I mean the, the kid isn't nineteen yet. Like I am 
not unconvinced that he's not going to end up at six foot eleven. That's and if he dream. can get to 6'11", and right now he's at like 2'10", 2'15", if he could get to like 6'11", 240. It happened to Anthony Edwards. He grew I mean, two inches since the draft. And Nick, he, I was going to mention, like when you went to the um, the draft interviews or uh, introduction interviews that they did, and you got to see Josh like lined up next to some of those players. For example, JRE, who we consider a quote-unquote big. Mm-hmm. I remember you saying that like he looked every bit as tall as JRE, yeah. if not as tall and he's standing yeah. like right next to him right i mean even if, if he grows more that is insane long boy yeah i love it him and him and poku in the front court like the size the ball handling ability the vision it's it's going to be a very very fun team a yeah. very fun team and i'm super excited to to watch i think we talked maybe the last show about this but a lineup of like shay Either Dort or Jerome, Poku, Giddy, Baisley is going to be. That's not a lot, not a lineup this season that's going to win you games, but it's going to be a ton of fun to watch. Agree. Just right, the versatility is, say, is not going to win you through anything, the roof. It's going to be a blast. It's yeah. going to have someday, some like fantastic mistakes and terrible low points and horrendous basketball, but it's probably also going to have a lot of really fun plays too. Yeah, those yeah. moments when it when it clicks. Yep. And when it all comes together, it's going to be like, oh, shit moments. Right. And it's going to be a blast. <laughs> yes. The highest of highs. Yeah, absolutely. It's what the One Thunder very like, underrated, to. maybe not underrated aspect of the upcoming season that I think will make it feel better is having fans in the arena. Yeah. I think like the low points of the tank last year were just like, magnified by playing in this giant empty cavernous arena in Oklahoma city. And so it's just not only is the play on the court dead, but it's literally like lifeless in the arena. I I'm hoping that having some fans out there will make it a little more exciting. So when Poku does throw a ridiculous behind the bass pass, you get like a full court. (laughs) Yeah. You get a little bit of a reaction from the crowd instead of just like Chris Fisher. Yeah, <laughs> I totally. Think it'll, be, it'll be fun. Totally off topic. Josh Giddy signing with Nike. I wonder if he wears the same size as Shea, and Shea can give him all of his old Kobe's since Shea can't mm. wear those anymore. There you go. We do know Hashtag Giddy is a whole huge fan of Kobe's. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's 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 what I'm saying. I, I think that whole whatever heat whatever heat he didn't have, I think Shea can hook him up. Hook him up. Giddy's with. got a pretty solid shoe collection. I'm yeah, he was wearing the, the Travis Scott one lows at, at the uh, what game was that no Pelicans fair. game? And those are, I mean, it's nothing to him, but fifteen hundred bucks for a pair of sneakers. Not, it's not even the price. It's a matter of just trying to get your hands on them. Yeah, no, <laughs> you can get your hands on they, them for the right price. <laughs> oh, uh, fair, hungry yourself. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nick knows a guy. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Nick knows a guy. Knows a guy. Nick's got the plug. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, last. Monday on Memorial Day, we did a Monday morning pod instead of a Sunday night pod. Taylor and I officially kicked off the Uncontested's season preview series. In the past, we have brought in guests for each team. Uh, Unfortunately, we just didn't have the manpower to do that this year. So we're breaking down the season previews team by team. Uh, We're going division by division this year. And today, gentlemen, we are doing the Atlantic division. So we are looking at the Boston Celtics, Brooklyn Nets, New York Knicks, Philadelphia 76ers, and Toronto Raptors. Last season, we did the Southeast Division. 
One of the so best divisions in basketball, eh? We're just moving right up it the coast. Uh, next week, we will do the Central Division in the Eastern Conference, which uh, I don't know if it's going to be that exciting to talk about, but we'll have some stuff to talk about. <laughs> With that being said, let's dive in and talk about uh, our first team on the list, gentlemen, the Boston Celtics. The Celtics ended last season 36 and 36, good for seventh in the East. They won their play-in tournament game to earn a spot in the NBA playoffs. They matched up against the two-seed Brooklyn Nets and lost in, I believe it was five games. Does that sound correct? Five games. Um, Taylor, can you tell us real quick what all Boston did over the summer as far as free agents, trades, um, who they lost and who they drafted. Um, yeah, take it away. Yeah, definitely. So uh, free agents that they had heading into the season, not nearly as much as teams that you talked about last week, Jacob. Uh, Evan Fournier obviously became a free agent. Uh, he signed with a team that we will be getting into later in the podcast, New York Knicks, uh, Luke Cornette, Semi Ojale, uh, Taco Fall, kind of an interesting one for them to lose. Um, we'll get into that uh, as well. And later in the podcast, uh, Tremont Waters. And then they end up re-signing uh, Robert Williams to a fairly large contract, I think, to compared to what I kind of expected um, just because of the playing time he, he's gotten in the past. But I think that just shows I, the role that he's going to have playing with this team moving forward. We can get into that. Um, they signed Josh Richardson. Um, I They got him in a trade from the Dallas Mavericks, um, Marcus Smart. They ended up signing to a larger contract, uh, Dennis Schroeder. Obviously not the contract I think Dennis was looking for, but they ended up getting (laughs) him on a pretty team-friendly deal. Uh, Ennis Uh Cantor, they brought back Sam Hauser. I don't even know who that is. And then uh, via trade, they ended up uh, acquiring Bruno Fernando and Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn was, I guess both of those players were uh, rather recent, um, August 7th. Now, going through the timeline, I wanted to say that some of those players were waived, but maybe not. I thought Chris they, Dunn, something just happened you, with Chris You left Dunn, out right? the big one, which is they also acquired Al Horford. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, that was even further back than August. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, the, the Thunder ended up trading um, Kimball Walker, or sorry, traded Al Horford to the Celtics for Kimball Walker. And uh, in return, the Thunder also sent out Moses Brown, who we talked about earlier in the podcast. Moses got released by the Celtics, picked up by the Mavericks. Or, or sorry, was he sent out again, I guess, in that Josh Richardson trade? That might have I been think, it. I think that's the case. I think, I think that's, that's how it. he got to yeah. Dallas. So, so, uh, so here we awesome. are with the Celtics. Not a ton of movement. Nothing major. Yeah. Um, biggest additions, I think, probably uh, Al Horford, Dennis Schroeder, um, I don't know if I consider Ennis Cantor a a big acquisition because I think he's going to be their third string center going into the season. But Nick and Justin, anything super excite you about Boston? Any storylines or anything going into the season? Uh, What interests you with this team going into next year? I think Schroeder is a steal. Like you mentioned, you team friendly. And I think that Schroeder looking for 80 mil, it's one of those things where I think it unfairly tarnished his trade reputation or, you know, his, his value on the market, I should say. And I, I think that that's a really good price for Dennis Schroeder. I think that what he's going to bring to the Celtics is going to be way above what they're paying him. And I think that by the end of the season, I think Celtics fans are going to love him. 
um, because anytime you get a guy on a big discount like that, it affects the way that you perceive him as a fan. It affects the way you perceive him. So if a team got Dennis Schroeder for $80 million, they're probably never going to be satisfied with Dennis Schroeder's play on the court. But if you get him for what the Celtics did, then you know he's a great piece at that price that can can do something for him in the backcourt. Nick, will Schroeder start for the Celtics? I think so. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of different lineups where he may not always be the primary ball handler, but I think he'll start a point guard. I agree with Justin. I... A lot of people said Kimba Walker was the best value contract when the Knicks signed him for basically the 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 difference in the buyout price, so like roughly eight to ten million. Mm-hmm. I'd argue Schroeder is better value just because he's he's going to be healthy, knock on wood, um, more consistently than Kimba is. I know his knees are a huge issue. There's been articles come out that said like his knees are chronic. It's it's nothing he can recover from. Always going to miss games, kind of the way it is. Um, all that to say, I think Schroeder will be a bigger steal than Kemba for what he was paid. I don't know. I, I'm still not super high on the Celtics. I think there's four to five teams in the East I'd take over them. But all things considered, they were looking to dump Kemba at the deadline last year. Couldn't do it. Ended up getting Al Horford back for him and then replaced him with Dennis Schroeder for cheap. I consider that a six, six, Wow. Successful. <laughs> yeah. Off so what, what does the starting lineup for them look like? Obviously, Schroeder starts... Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum start. Yeah, but who's that? Al that? Horford. Al Horford starts at center. I think you put Tatum at the kind of small ball four. Uh, Smart at the Smart. two. Schroeder yeah. at the one, and Jalen Brown at the three. Okay, so Schroeder, Smart, Brown, Tatum, Horford. Yeah, agree. That's, that's, a, that's a pretty solid lineup. I think, and they've, and they've got depth too. Like Peyton Pritchard, not bad. Aaron yeah. Nesmith looks good in summer league. Mm-hmm. Grant Williams, Josh Richardson, Robert um, Williams. Robert yeah, Williams the, is going to help him out a lot. The Time Lord, Robert Williams. <laughs> His Time Lord. He's he's the epitome of like everybody that is a Boston fan obsessed with him, and everyone else in the league is like <laughs> he averages seven and five. But yeah. go pay him, go pay him all the money you want. That's what makes me wonder if he's going to play a little more. Um, just because they did give him that contract, then you bring in an older vet in Al Horford, not the same Al Horford that you had, you know, however many seasons back, three or four seasons back. I think they're going to rely on uh, Robert Williams a little more this season. But even then, I just, to your point, Nick, like comparing their talent across the board, even if they do have some of the higher talent in Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, even if they do take another step forward, like yep. comparing that to some of the depth of, like, for example, some of the teams that we're about to get into. And some of the teams that Jacob and I talked about last week, like the Miami Heat, um, the Philadelphia, so, well, we're going to talk about the Sixers here soon. There's just some teams like that in the uh, Eastern Conference and some teams at uh, Chicago Bulls, who I was thinking about that we talked about last week, Jacob. Like, I mean, on on paper, I would like to think that the Chicago Bulls are going to be better than the Celtics. But um, I also, you know, like Jalen Brown, Jason Tame a little more than some of those um, Chicago Bulls players. I just think it's going to be very tough for them without the surrounding talent around those two, um, too. Cue up the yeah. hot take, Sounder. I've got a good one here. <laughs> Silva, you got it fired up? I don't know if Silva has the hot take Sounder yet. I don't know. Oh, uh, that... oh. <laughs> <laughs> Much pressure. Um, I think, and no, this is going to be no surprise to you guys, Jabari Parker will be a big-time role player for the Celtics this year. <laughs> that sounds about like a Nick take. <laughs> that that checks out. That checks out for sure. Uh, I, I think they're going to be a fun team. I think last year they vastly underperformed. Uh, I don't expect a, the pendulum to swing very far in the other direction for them to overperform this year. 
but I think they will definitely be better. So the over-under for the Boston Celtics this season, 46 wins. That would be 46 and 30, 46 and 36? 82 minus 46. 38. 38, 46 and 38. I don't know. I'm not good at math. I teach history. Anyways, 46 games. Justin, you taking the over or the under? Uh, I'm going to take the over. The over by how much? Mm, I, you don't know. Or do they get to 50? <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't think that. Somewhere between 47 and 49. Very okay. specific. It sounds like it's 48 for you. Mm. <laughs> Nick, you taking the over or the under? I'm going to take the under. Um, Brown coming off of injury. A lot of new faces. Might take some time to mesh. I don't know. I'll take the under. I think that's fair. Taylor, what do you got? I've got the same exact thing. I'm going about three or four games um, under. I think it's for, for the same reasons that Nick and I already talked about. But let's just say this. Keep an eye on the Celtics if Bradley Beal does come to the realization that he wants out of Washington. All that right. could change things. Silva, the, what do you got? Over yeah, or under? Is, is this the uh, – oh, the under for sure. Is this the wait for Brad Beal season? Wait and just wait and hope for Brad Beal. I think, that, I think it's point. that season for a lot of teams. It's <laughs> the – for Wait Boston, for it's the um, article comes out. The Boston Celtics were oh so close to acquiring Bradley Beal before <laughs> Team X did. Almost Ainge, baby. Even though he's not there anymore. Almost did it. I will take the under as well, but I am not going much under. I think for 45, 44, um, I don't think it's going to be much under 46. So agree. Awesome. I look All right. forward to revisiting this episode when they win game number 47. <laughs> I'm ready for it, Justin. <laughs> Our next one, we have the Brooklyn Nets. Last season, team. last season, they end the year 48 and 24, second in the East. They lose in seven to the Milwaukee Bucks in a insane series that should have been uh, had Kevin Durant's toes been about an inch and a half farther back, uh, should have been the Brooklyn Nets in the NBA. It was, no, it wasn't. That was the semis. I forget. That wasn't the, the Eastern Conference It wasn't Conference the finals. finals. It was, yeah. It was should semis. have been the Brooklyn Nets in the, the Eastern Conference Finals had KD pulled his foot back, but the Milwaukee Bucks uh, take that series. So Brooklyn loses in the second round of the Eastern Conference, uh, although they were dealing with not having Kyrie Irvin, Irving and an incredibly hobbled James Harden. Taylor, tell us what all the Brooklyn Nets did this summer. So unlike the Celtics and more like some of those Eastern Conference teams we talked about last week, uh, they did have a handful of players um, approach free agency heading into this offseason. Bruce Brown Jr. obviously played a big role for them um, this previous season. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, which we'll get into um, with one of these other teams. Um, on the, or actually, sorry, it was one of the teams we, we covered last week, the Washington Wizards. Jeff Green, who is now with the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Blake Griffin, Mike James, Tyler Johnson, former Thunder player TLC, and Reggie Perry, all were free agents um, for the Brooklyn Nets. So next, they ended up drafting Cam Thomas, as well as, I believe, De- yeah, De'Ron Sharp. Um, some pretty solid uh, pickups for them. Nikola Mulatunov. <laughs> I don't know who mm. that is, but they acquired his draft rights as well the in their draft. Special. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I did know Cam Thomas, though. They ended up signing him to a multi-year contract. Um, I'm trying to find De'Ron Sharp, if they end up signing him. I don't see it. De'Ron. De'Ron. What did I say? 
Duran. Duran. <laughs> uh, I don't see that they've signed him yet, but there's a chance that he has. The biggest thing was they uh, were part of the, like, basically the mega trade, which uh, saw Chandler Hutchinson go to the Spurs for Russ to the Lakers. Um, the Lakers sent a ton of stuff in return to the Wizards, and um, Spencer Dinwiddie ended up being a sign trade to the Wizards as well. Um, in return, that's where um, the Brooklyn Nets ended up getting uh, Nicola What's-His-Face, a more favorable 2024 second-round pick, a swap 2025 second-round pick, and a TPE. So basically, the Nets got a little bit of something rather than just seeing Dinwiddie walk. I think Definitely. the biggest thing here was that um, KD signed a veteran extension, a basically a max with the uh, Brooklyn Nets. They're apparently still working on uh, extensions with both Kyrie and James Harden, who are both eligible as well. They re-signed Blake Griffin. Um, they were able to acquire Patty Mills in free agency, which I think is a huge pickup for them, which we can get into. Um, they... Let's see. Oh, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge came out of retirement after his health scare this previous season. And the Brooklyn Nets ended up signing them. We obviously, at, speaking of L.A., uh, we saw the um, the Nets ended up waving. Uh, gosh, why am I going blank? I almost said DeMarcus Cousins. That's terrible. Jalil Okafor? Oh, yeah, Okafor. Um, but their main big. Why am I going blank on DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan? Jordan. <laughs> who end up joining the Lakers, speaking of L.A. Um, yes, so uh, Dumboya from the Detroit Pistons and Ovor, like Nick mentioned, um, were acquired by the Nets from the Pistons in exchange for DeAndre Jordan. He was bought out by the Detroit Pistons. And let's see if there's anything super big. Um, Johnson became a free agent, and they end up waving him. Paul Millsap signed with the Brooklyn Nets, which was a pretty big pickup for them as well. And yeah, that's that's pretty much it. It was a very busy, very busy offseason for the Brooklyn Nets, but I kind of feel like they got better. I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts. If we were to podcast in 2014, and I were to ask you guys, what are the top three power forwards you want on your team? They all play for the Nets now. Lamarcus yeah. Aldridge, Blake <laughs> Griffin, um, Paul Millsap. Like it's just like these crazy and they're not washed like they can still contribute in limited minutes but it's just it's them and the lakers it's weird to see all these like former all-stars that are towards the end of their career ring chasing it's just going to become more common yep which will be to oklahoma city's detriment at some point yeah it's uh brooklyn and the lakers have cornered that market on building the all-star team from 2012 Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> justin your thoughts on the brooklyn nets i mean it it is 100% championship or bust, yeah? Yep, 100%. And I think it's hard to argue with the summer that they had. Um, they were already a really good team. And if they had some more health issues and maybe KD had a little bit smaller foot, we're talking about <laughs> the way last season goes a lot differently. I think that assuming they're healthy, assuming you know things continue to fall into place, they're going to be really freaking good next year. And I think getting KD to re-sign over the summer for a, for a four-year deal is probably one of the biggest moves of the entire offseason for Agreed. any team. So if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan, I think you, you've got to feel great about this team heading into the season. The possible tax bill they will pay once they get another extension on Harden and Irving as well is just insane. Like, it is 
absolutely crazy the amount of tax dollars they will play. Uh, Nick, any other? I, I don't feel like Brooklyn. Like I don't know what else there is to say about them besides they're incredibly stacked and they should win an NBA title. Yeah, no, I think it's that with them it's going to be interesting to see how the regular season goes. And there's a lot of teams you can say about this every year, like. How much do you rest your guys? How much does regular season matter? Um, I think the East is getting strong enough now where seeding actually does matter. Mm-hmm. In the past, like three years ago, you could say, who cares if you're the one, two, three, four seed? Like, it's fine because there's not that many good teams in the East. With the Bulls coming up, the Hornets coming up, like there's a lot of legitimate teams that are going to be six, seven, eight, nine seeds in the play in and stuff that I think could give an injured Nets team a run for their money or an injured Bucks team a run for their money and take them to six games, which makes them tired for their next series. It's like a domino effect. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how teams load manage this year, especially with being their first 82 game season in three years yeah, with two short and off seasons. Yeah. Uh, two, two short seasons, two short off seasons, whole lot of COVID. It's just, it's going to be interesting. Definitely. All right. Well, the over under for the Brooklyn Nets 55 and a half. So if they hit the over 56, that would be 56 and 26, which is a really, really good season. Yep. Nick, what are you going with? Kicking the over or the under here? So the last time we had a full 82-game season, there were three teams that won more than 55 games. And if the same applies this year, one of those will likely be the Nets. So I'm going to take the over. Nice. Taylor, what do you think? I'm actually going the under here, not because I'm low on the Nets. I when we en- end up doing our end of the end of the uh, off season podcast, our season predictions, um, I'm going to have the Nets in the in the finals. But with that being said, just kind of to what Nick was mentioning there, uh, they're an incredibly well built team for the playoffs and the finals. But when it comes to the regular season, I do worry just a tad about death, load management, etc. So because of all of that, I'm going to say that it's going to be the under, um, not by a ton. I just don't think they're going to either be healthy or just even playing all those players at the same time for enough to get that over. That's a great question. Let me let me give you a follow-up real quick to everybody on the show here, just real fast. If I were to place the over-under on games that Harden, Kyrie, and KD play together this season, and I place it at half the season, 41 games, do you think it's more or less? Less. I also think it is less. Yeah, I do too. But to your uh, that kind of made me think of a counter argument to my own point. Like, even if you have two of those players for sixty of those games, like that's typically enough. The (laughs) the odds of one of those guys getting hurt is high. True. That's kind of what I was getting at. The odds of them playing all three against the Thunder twice low. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's just. It just doesn't work out. True. Yeah. If you're playing lesser teams, I, I, you're not going to play them. I think it'll be game. less than less yeah. than 41 games that all three of those guys play together this year. I've got uh, one more fun one. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> the uh, take take out the big three. Okay. Who? So the the big three are out of the question. Who wins a series between that team and the Thunder? That team. Okay. The, yeah. the Nets. Oh yeah. Sure. Making sure. Oh, it's it's not necessarily Mills. close. Okay. It's making sure. Cam Thomas is just going to keep shooting the ball no matter what. Yep. Get, <laughs> just, get Olympics Patty Mills out there. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Justin, 55 and a half for Brooklyn. You going over or under? I'm going over. Um, I, I think the load management concerns are totally valid, but I think I think it was 
Nick, that just said this, that, you know, having two out of those three playing in any given game should be enough to beat most teams. So you don't need James Harden, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant to play all those games together when two of them can probably take you down. And I think they're going to win a lot of games that way. And if they can maintain their health into the playoffs, I mean, they at times in last year's playoffs looked unbeatable. And that's what I would expect to see again. Yep. Silva. We're talking about uh, win totals, right? Not not the games they're going to play. Correct, correct. Win totals, 55 and a half. I'll probably take the over also. Uh, maybe not by a lot, um, but I also think uh, Kyrie, Katie, and Harden kind of knew what they could have had last season had they been healthy, had they played more games together, especially in the playoffs. I think they might have like a, a fire under them that'll make them want to play more than they did the, the previous season, and they'll, they'll get a little bit further. They're my favorite for sure to, to win. Very good. All right. So it seems like we got three to two on the over under there, but I think all of us would probably take them to win the title. Uh, we'll see though. Next team up in the, uh, the Atlantic, not the Pacific, the Atlantic division. We have the surprise last season, New York Knicks. They went 41 and 31 to get fourth in the East. They go out in the first round against the Atlanta Hawks. I don't know if you guys saw this, but one, I, I don't watch professional wrestling, but one of them, <laughs> uh, WWE, uh, yeah, AEW, WWF, whatever the hell it was, they were in New York City the other night, last Friday, and brought out Trey Young to the booze of Madison Square Garden. And just amazing. Trey is just like the perfect villain uh, for the New York Knicks. Then they had him like come off like from the side of their yes. like, arena and, and uh-huh. into the ring and like grab one of the wrestlers and like a headlock. It was just awesome. So Knicks 41-31, they go out in the first round. Uh, obviously breakout star Julius Randle. Taylor, tell us what all the Knicks did this offseason. So Alec Burks, D. Rose, Alfred Payton, uh, Frank Nelikina, Jared Harper, Nerlens Noel, Reggie Bullock, uh, Taj Gibson, and Teo Pinson all were free agents for the Knicks uh, heading into the offseason. Uh, they end up drafting Miles McBride uh, and Quentin Grimes, two young guys that actually – well, they, they, they're actually kind of older in terms of draft picks, but I like them both quite a bit. Uh, Jared Joe Sims signed a two-way contract with the Knicks, which I think was a great pickup for them. Uh, former Thunder player Nerlens Noel signed a multi-year contract with the Knicks. Obviously, this offseason, he uh, filed a lawsuit against Clutch Sports, uh, claiming, you know, we don't have to get into all the nitty-gritty there, but claiming that Clutch kind of screwed him out some of his, uh, some of his former contracts. So it was great to see him uh, kind of sign longer term with a team. Um, Kimball Walker, we talked about the Kimball Walker trade, obviously, with, with OKC. Ended up signing a multi-year contract with the Knicks. Evan Fournier from the Celtics, he signed a multi-year contract with the Celtics as part of a sign-and-trade to the Knicks. Um, Taj Gibson came back on a multi-year contract. D-Rose came back. Alec Burks came back. And again, Evan Fournier, a conditional 2022 second-round pick. And the least favorable 2023 second round pick were acquired by the Knicks from the Celtics in exchange for cash and a TPE. And then the only, uh, let's see, uh, Julius Randle signed a veteran extension, not necessarily a super max, uh, but a pretty favorable extension for him uh, with the Knicks as well. So those were kind of the biggest things here uh, that they ended up doing. They just kind of uh, solidified their present and added a little bit to their future. Yeah, not a lot of stuff going out the door for the Knicks this offseason. Um, adding some guys that 
I think don't get anyone super excited. Like Knicks fans are excited for Kemba and that's awesome for them. Kemba with the homecoming. Right. But it, I, I Kemba to me, um, you know, Evan Fournier to me, th- those aren't players that move the needle a ton. Uh, but Justin, what, what do you think about the Knicks going into this next season? Can they build off that success of last season? Do we see RJ Barrett take another jump? Uh, and do we see the Knicks win a playoff series? I, the biggest question mark for me is all around Julius Randle. Like he played out of his mind last year. And I don't know, like, does he have it in him again? We haven't really seen that Julius Randle in the NBA before. If it's just like, hey, that's who he is now. He found his place in New York and he's unlocked a new level. Then the Knicks are going to be kind of back in the same place. I think it all kind of rides on him. I have my doubts. Um, I think the I contract expect- has his doubts too. Yeah, I I would expect a bit of a regression from Julius Randle. And I think with that, he's the Knicks are going to take a little regression with him. Uh, I'm not super high on the Kimba edition. I don't think it's going to be a negative ad, but I'm not sure that it, you know, really raises their ceiling very far. Um, I think the other the other X factor, like you mentioned, RJ Barrett, what what can he take or what leap can he take? What does he have? available in his arsenal and can he step up and and pull the Knicks to a higher plateau um because outside of that I would expect slightly worse results than what we saw from the Knicks last year yep I got a, a lot of thoughts on the Knicks I'll try to keep it fairly brief one is one is on a former Nick Frank Nitikina is he done in the NBA like still not signed by anybody Maybe he'll get a training camp spot, but like the direction he's going is not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I think at some it's point, surprising. I think though, that he, or maybe concerning is the right term there that he hasn't been picked up. Yep, yep. I think for the Knicks, the biggest thing, like Julius Randle, is is the huge one, and I think the fact that he didn't get this like super humongous mega contract is very telling. Like the Knicks don't think he's a max contract guy. Um, that's kind of concerning. Um. Two being who's going to play defense. Like Mitchell Robinson's a good rim protector when he's healthy, but you've got a bunch of offense and no one that can defend, Kimba included. Um, and then there's also like Justin and I got a really close look at Obi Toppin and uh, Manuel Quickly a couple times in summer league, and they were way too good to be there. Yep. Do they actually make a jump, or are they like are they NBA good, or are they just too good for summer league? Kind of in that middle ground. Like Obi Toppin has the ability to make an impact in the NBA. Like he was picked where he was for a reason. He's got the NBA build. He's super strong. Can he average more than like the four points a game he did last year? And then same with Emmanuel quickly. Like he was dropping 30, 35 points in summer league. Like it was nothing. Can he be a bench spark when they've already got Derek Rose and um, Kimball Walker? who can be trying to score every time. Like there's, there's so many weird roster fit questions, which is very Knicks. Like they signed 15 power forwards two years ago. Mm. It's just, they always, they always make these yeah. signings that like on paper, like, Oh, that's a good signing. But then you start looking at the roster and you're like, how do these guys fit? Um, so I think it's going to be a super interesting team. My, my biggest question is defense because like the Dallas Mavericks experience every single year, you can put together a lot of offensive talent, but if you're not playing D you're not going anywhere. I think that's very fair. That is very fair. It's going to be interesting to see what the Knicks do next season. Guys, the Knicks over under for next year, right at 50-50. It's 42 and a half. So if they go under, 
and are at 40, 40, 41, right? A game and a half under. They'd be at 41 and 41. So it's a 50 50 season, uh, which would be a drop from last year. Do you Wait, think Vegas has them at 500? Yeah, 40, 42 and a half. So slightly over. It's not this much. Is not, this is not That's advice <laughs> that should be taken seriously to go hammer <laughs> the over in Vegas. <laughs> Holy cow, I'm surprised. You're taking you're you're very clearly taking the over next? Yes. Okay. No I'm question. Texting, I'm texting Hudson right now. Nick and I are in on the over. Dude, uh, that's, thing, that's kind of kind of shocking. Taylor, you're you're in on the over as well. I'm in on the over as well. I'm not super high on them in terms of just the Eastern Conference in general. Uh, kind of like Nick mentioned, uh, I'd love quickly. Uh, top and I'm still a little questionable about, but it just kind of feels like the Knicks are playing that like middle ground game, right? Like they just still are. They don't want to go all the way in on some of these players because they're still holding out for one of those, you know the KD Kyrie Irving type free agents um, coming up and whatever hypothetical offseason they're thinking about at this point. But with that being said, I do really like their team and uh, for them to go 500 would be very surprising to me. So I'm going the over as well. I mean, they won 41 games last year in a shortened season. Right. Yeah. I think Randall's leap is like legit. Um, I don't know if he's going to make another one, but I think he'll still have similar production. Justin, what are you going with for the Knicks? I'm not as bullish as those two. Uh, I think I'm still <laughs> taking the over, but I might put it right at 43 wins. Like, I, I don't think it's far beyond that. I think that that, to me, feels like, like like Nick mentioned, they won 41 games last year in a 72-game season. I think that, you know, a regression of 10-ish games feels right to me. That's kind of in line with what I was thinking in terms of, yeah going into the season. I think that Julius Randle probably won them that many games last year that they maybe shouldn't have won. Um, so I don't know. I don't think I, I don't think I'm, I'm going to put them at 500. So I'm still going to stick with the over, but I don't think they're going to be way over. Whenever I look at the East, the bulls are better. Mm-hmm. I think the Pacers are going to be better. Uh, um, better. The heat are better. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets are better. Yeah. There's like a lot of better teams. <laughs> in the East now that I, I don't know, you know, if, if I go over, it's not by much Silva where, where do you land with the Knicks? He's the tiebreaker. No pressure. <laughs> I'm probably also, I, um, I was, I looked it up just to make sure uh, I heard on uh, the mismatch. Kevin O'Connor said, Frank Nilakina, there's a high chance he plays in Italy. Oh, uh, wow. This upcoming season. I was oh, looking it up. Wow. And, yeah. Uh, so that's, that's a possibility, I guess, but Jeez. I would probably take the over. Um, I don't know. I don't know by how much, but uh, I, I'm guessing those odds, kind of like Jacob was just saying, it's it's because the teams around them got better. Like people probably think the Hawks are going to win more games because of how they performed in the playoffs last year. True. Um, even though part of that was because of circumstances, but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take the over. Like what over what what teams in the East are like clearly tanking? Orlando. Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Cleveland is gonna suck, but they don't want to suck. They're going to try hard. I just don't think they're going to be that good. I think Cleveland and Orlando both are trying to win, actually. Yep. At, at least I initially. initially lose. I just think initially. they're going to suck. Right. Yeah. But there's, yeah. all, there's always, I think the Thunder might be the only team in the whole NBA that are going into the season knowing they suck. I think the Cavaliers yeah. and the Magic both are going to go in. Like the Cavaliers are signing guys every day that are like four winning. Yeah. I don't think they're yeah. actually going to win games. Let me, rephrase that for you. Let, me, let me rephrase that for you. The Cavaliers are signing centers every day <laughs> that should contribute <laughs> to winning. Yes. 
and let's <laughs> see if we end up. Yeah, it, are, are we personally? I'm excited. Spot heading into the deadline, or are we <laughs> yeah. not? So, yeah. but but no, I agree with you. Um, I, I just think the East has a lot of teams that are going to try really hard to win basketball games. Yeah, like I, I don't think the Cavs are going to win much, but I think their front office is under an immense amount of pressure to win. Detroit yep. won't be great, but yep. Yeah, That's but they, they won't be horrible either. I mean, their rookies from last year are good. You're adding Cade there. You've got Jeremy Grant. Like they've they've got a pretty good squad, you know. Wizards, yep. Wizards are deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Wiz- yep. Wizards, that Wizards team, Taylor and I talked about, about them last week. week. They're weird. They're, They're a weird, weird. team. There, there's gotta be some consol- players, consolidation yes. stuff happening, something. Right. I don't know. Something they're just right. They're a weird team. Very, yep. very, very weird. All right, enough with the New York Knicks. We all went over, but some of us are going slightly less over. Let's move to a team that is really fascinating for next year, and that is the Philadelphia 76ers. Last season, they go 49-23. and 23. They lose in the second round of the playoffs to the Atlanta Hawks. An incredibly surprising series loss for a Philly team that had title hopes, kind of culminating and all coming to a head with Ben Simmons catching a pass underneath the basket and deciding to not dunk it and instead uh, pass it out as he was wide open, which I think was the last straw, the the last thread that was pulled out that made everything unravel and fall apart. Before we have Taylor dive into Philly's offseason, just a quick straw poll here of everyone on the show. Will Ben Simmons be in a Philly uniform on official game one of the NBA season. How many of you guys say yes? I do. Yes. I'm basing it off of I'm basing it off of a similar situation. I know it was like the opposite because they were acquiring Jimmy Butler, but Jimmy Butler's situation feels very similar where we knew who's gonna be gone. They're not gonna settle for a package they don't want because it's franchise altering. And I think they're fine going into this season with awkwardness because yeah. You'd rather have that than go for somebody you don't want. That's, well, let me, let me rephrase it. Then. Is he wearing a Philly uniform? Season starts October 20th. Is he wearing a Philly uniform after Thanksgiving? No. No. Yeah, I, I think, think, I think, think the James Harden situation is yes. also a good mm-hmm. reference point here. I think it's, it's going to start like he's going to begrudgingly show up to training camp. Yep. The season's going to start. And then it's going to be become clear to everyone that it's not fixable, and, and that's going to motivate. Will give in. It's going to motivate all parties. Yeah, teams. maybe in his best interest to make it a toxic situation, kind of force right. his hand. Because like right now, he can't force his hand, other than like the reports of like he's yep. not talking to the team. Like he's cool. not showing up to training camp. But when yeah. you start showing up to games on a team that wants to win, and you're not. Yep all there and there's that's that's when they really force their hand that's what i was gonna say like if you're saying is he going to be wearing a philly uniform no because he's going to be sitting on the bench i don't think he plays on the court for the for the for the 76ers um but i also agree that he's probably traded by thanksgiving there has to be kind of a meet in the middle come to jesus moment with uh maury and some of these other teams right like he has to lower his expect- expectations. Like nobody's going to pay the James Harden ransom that he wants. But I think he, and fair to, to his point, like I think there's going to be teams that need to meet him halfway um, and realize that that Ben Simmons is an all-star talent, right? And they're going All to have NBA to, talent. Yeah, right. And and they're going to have to pay more than just 
for a specific example, um, more than just, you know, Beasley and what, what was the Timberwolves package that they didn't include, include uh, D'Lo? It, it was ridiculous. It was bad. bad. Right. Bad. You have to do better than that. But nobody right. wants to right now. They want to get him on dimes on the dollar. Taylor, tell us the trades and, and the signings that Philly has made so far. So Anthony Tolliver, uh, Reginald Tuck- Tucker, George Hill, Danny Green, Dwight Howard, uh, Furkin Korkmaz, Gary Clark. That Furkin Korkmaz, Furkin Korkmaz, Gary Clark, Mike Scott. And those were all their free agents heading into the season. Um, they end up drafting Jaden Springer, signed him to a multi-year contract. I do like Jaden Springer. Out of uh, Tennessee. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, this was an interesting one particularly because of some of the tension between this player and their star center being Joel Embiid. Uh, they signed Andre Drummond to a contract, which I, is pretty interesting. Maybe a hot take. I hate that. I, I really, too. really hate that. I do too. Now they did re-sign Danny Green to a multi-year contract, which, which I thought was pretty interesting because if we're being completely honest, Danny Green has struggled, uh, was in a lot of trade rumors over the, the past season, much less the past offseason with the 76ers. So that probably is more so just a trade chip, but obviously can contribute as well while he's on the team. Um, Aaron Henry, I don't even know who that is. If we're being completely honest, signed a two-way contract with the Sixers, Joel Embiid. Signed a extension, which is pretty huge with the Sixers. That apparently he negotiated um, by himself. Uh, granted, when you're signing that kind of a contract, I don't think there's a ton of negotiations going into that. But good for Joel, nevertheless. Um, and they waived George Hill, which was kind of interesting. Uh, Anthony Tolliver became a free agent, which I, I think they waived him. Nothing too crazy outside of that. So again, another team that didn't make a ton of huge changes. Uh, locks up Joel long term. And the the big thing here is just waiting to see what happens with Ben Simmons. Justin, what are you looking at for Philly for next season, uh, especially a Ben Simmons trade package and what they need to bring back? They they are very clearly in win now mode, trying to get a title. So, what are you expecting from them next year? And what is your what type of return do they need to get for a Ben Simmons package to make their goals a reality? Uh, well, what I'm looking for in Philly next year is a uh, cheesesteak. Um, <laughs> I think that's, that's, uh, that's my highest hopes for Philly next season. I uh, love a good Philly cheesesteak. Uh, I, I was kind of low on the Sixers last year. Pull the tapes, go back to last year's season preview pods. It, this is very true because I was <clears throat> very, very high on Philly last year. I, I didn't see how all the pieces fit together. Now, to be fair, I could never have foreseen the the Simmons and Bede fallout like it happened. So I'm not going to take credit for that. But I don't, ah, man, it's just too much dysfunction for me to feel good about predicting them to do anything of value this season. And I think that every day that Ben Simmons is not traded is going to be detrimental to their final outcome for the season. So I'm very curious to see how the season starts. I'm very curious to see when that deal is done. Honestly, for this season, I don't know that the trade package they get for Ben Simmons matters. And that may be like a bit harsh, but like, outside of a generational superstar, which they're not going to get, 
I, I don't think that there's anybody that the Sixers bring in that's like, oh, yes, title favorites. Like, they're going to go toe-to-toe. They're my pick to go toe-to-toe with Brooklyn. I don't think that trade package exists, um, at least not a realistic one. And so I think if I'm the Sixers, you know, I'm looking to get good rotational guys. Um, I'm looking to get somebody that jives better with Joel Embiid. And I'm looking to get some near future draft assets to build out the back half of your bench. And I think that's a good package. If you're the, the Sixers, I think that, I don't know if that's good in Daryl Morey terms, but I, if I were the Sixers, that's what I would be looking for. Who, who do they get that from? Give me your prediction. Like where does Ben Simmons mm. get traded? Not for Ben Simmons fit, but for Philly getting what they need to stay relevant mm. now <sighs> and to extend their window a bit. I've got one. It's the only one that I could ever think of that would actually work, and it's yeah. Toronto with Pascal Siakam. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, the if they were to them being the Sixers were to lower their expectations, I keep thinking about the Pacers as well, like Brogdon and draft picks and young players in return. I think the Pacers could make some sort of offer better than the Timberwolves or the Kings, assuming the Kings, Kings. aren't willing to give up Halliburton yeah. and Fox. If right? I'm that the Pacers. Everything. If I'm they the Pacers are. and I'm getting Ben Simmons, I don't see how Ben Simmons coexists with both Miles Turner, Miles Turner and DeMontis yeah. Sabonis. And Turner is the one that will space the floor more for you, yep. which I think it means you have to get off team. of Sabonis. And I think Sabonis is the better player. So mm, I don't. Yep. Yeah. I think long story short, there's not a package where you're still as good as you were last year. So exactly. expect a step back. Um, I think there's also, a package where the, the pieces fit better. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I think you're in a situation where no matter who you trade for, Joel Embiid's the best player on your team. And we've seen time mm-hmm. and time again that a center can't be the best player on your team. What about like really bad filler? Um, like nobody wants them filler. A couple of picks. And my guy, the guy that I love, um, who, oh my gosh, I just want brain dead. The, <laughs> Don't love him too much. Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. The the guard out in Sacramento. Harry's Halliburton. Hallie. Is that too much for Ben? Him. I don't think they're going to yeah. trade him. There's no, you don't do that. I think Hallie would fit so, so, so good on that team. That Philly team. You also have Maxie. Like how high do they think of Maxie? Um, That's true. I, I, I don't know that answer. Apparently, there's reports that Maxi's out too. Do you trade yeah, everything? That's, that's a good point. If you're the Wolves, do you trade everything not named Cat and Edwards? Though they, the report came out yesterday or two enough. days ago that that Cat and Edwards are absolute non-starters. D'Angelo Russell is also a no at this point, although he's more likely. And they're really only interested in Malik Beasley package. That's why I, I don't think been done. I don't think Maury would take even a package with D'Lo. I think I, really I think don't. D'Lo would fit there because he wouldn't have to be the guy. He's not somebody. He would be oh, a guy that's relied that. on to get other guys the basketball at that point. I want a pure point guard on that team. I, I think it's for, I think yeah. it's the best they could do, but I don't love it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's just a pretty bad situation for both sides at this point. Lose, lose. Well, I say that hey. lose for the Sixers. Maybe a win for Ben Simmons. Just getting. Out I'm there. still. I'm still on board with Ben Simmons starting center for the Oklahoma City Thunder. 
I I would do it. If you can get them on, or it, it would have to be on the discount. But I agree completely. If they can come in and kind of be like the Paul George situation, right? You're not giving up too much for them. Um, yeah. It'd be fun. It'd be a lot of fun. It's interesting. The That domino, I think, is going to be very significant what happens with the rest of the league Agreed. as well. Yep. So, Justin, the over-under for the Philadelphia 76ers, 51 and a half. Under, but I would not touch that betting line with a 10-foot pole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nick, yeah. you're shaking your head. Are you under as well? I know I, I was shaking my head because I agree I wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole <laughs> yeah. for the reasons for the reasons that they may get a horrible return, but but Jacob, you just said it perfectly. Maybe the puzzle pieces fit better. You know? So what are you going over or under? <laughs> Answer the, the question. You can't, you can't dodge the question, I'm, buddy. I'm, I'm 100. I'm, I'm willing I'm, to put money on the Nick, under. Nick, we've just... talked about this. I'm a teacher. I can tell when you're dodging the question, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to go. When kids give me a bunch of BS because they don't know the answer, so they just skirt around it. <laughs> I'm going to go shake Milton takes another jump, and we're going over. There we go. Bring I love it, baby. Taylor? So uh, I'm even willing to put money on the under just because I don't think they're going to get the assets required to even like obtain a Ben Simmons or a Bradley Bill. I don't. I think there's other teams who will come in and offer way more than they can offer. Silva, where do you land? Give me a Seth Curry breakout year, baby. There we go. No, I'm going the over. I'm going with a slide (laughs) over. Probably like, like, you know, 52, 53 wins maybe. Okay. I'm going 53 fourths. I don't feel good about it. But, you know. 51 and three fourths. They lose that fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to go the under. I'm going to go 50 even. 50 and 32. Hey, what if Davion Mitchell is like very good in the NBA? Then would you, you Sacramento? Fair. Do you feel like uh, maybe you... becomes more expendable? Or or Fox? I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't know. How much higher you guys are... are, are how much higher are you on Fox over Halliburton, or are you higher on Fox than Halliburton? I think Fox is the better player. I think Fox maybe has the higher ceiling. But I see a lot of Shea in Halley. I think Halliburton's really freaking good, dude. Yeah, I like that kid is. a lot. And if your backcourt is Halliburton and Davion Mitchell, and Davion Mitchell ends up yep. being fine, and you could run those two and then run Ben at your four, that could be a, a fun uh, lineup. No, thank you. You don't want Ben at the four? I don't want to give up De'Aaron Fox for Ben Simmons. I don't either. Oh. I don't care how good you think Halliburton and I'm not even sure I'd give Halliburton up for Ben Simmons. If you're the Kings just... you haven't made the playoffs in that long, you're going to make that kind of gamble that you think these two, it's a, a rookie and a second-year guy, might be the front quarter or the back quarter of the future? Like, no. No, no, no. When no, you no. put it that way, that's exactly what the Kings are going to do. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also getting an all-star yes. that, like, the Kings were – like generationally bad at defense last year. Ben fixes a lot of those problems. Mm. It's interesting. So does Davion Mitchell, though. Yeah. Yeah. So. But Davion Mitchell is also like a rookie, right? Ben Simmons is multi-all-time dude. He was real fun. He is going to be a legit defender. He's like stink on poo. Like he is, he is like, he is so quick that it's like, it's mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Anyone want to make a bet on Ben Simmons' no, next team? Him. No. Yeah, I'm still going Toronto. Oh. I'll take yeah, you on the I, bet, Nick. We, we, we need to pay up bets anyways, like real soon. 
before we do our, our season bets for you can't next year. Portland though. Um, <laughs> I, I'm taking the Kings. So you okay. take Toronto, I'll take the Kings. If he gets straight to Toronto, what do I owe you? Jeez. Mm. Jeez. <laughs> what do you no, guys? Not what food. do you guys? Not food. Oh. We okay. we do food, dude. We owe each other so much goddamn so food. Much food. <laughs> For example, a freaking buffet. There's a like reason. Um, twenty five dollar Amazon gift card. Deal. If he gets traded to Sacramento, you owe me twenty five dollar Amazon card. If he gets traded to, to Toronto, I owe you $25 Amazon Likely going to scratch, but it's okay. Probably, and that's fine. I'm poor, so <laughs> that'll be good for me. He's going to be playing in China next year. <laughs> Shanghai Sharks, baby. Shanghai Sharks, there we go. Our last team uh, of the Atlantic Division, gentlemen, the Toronto Raptors. Now, again, officially the Toronto Raptors, no longer the Tampa Raptors. Last season, they go 27-45. and 45. 12th in the East. They were bad. And then they lucked out in the lottery, those bastards, and jumped up. Uh, No playoff appearance. Obviously, they were ready to get the hell out of Dodge, get back up uh, north of the border, back to the six, as the certified lover boy would say. Taylor, (laughs) tell us us what Toronto did in the offseason. So, yeah, like you said, um, definitely a pivotal offseason, I feel like, for the Toronto Raptors. It's going to be interesting to see the direction they go. Aaron Baines, DeAndre Bembry, uh, Paul Watson, Ronnie Hood, Gary Trent Jr., Kim Birch, Kyle Lowry, Stanley Johnson, all free agents. Now, before we get into who they end up signing and re-signing, like you said, Jacob, they end up getting Scotty Barnes fourth overall in the draft, which was huge. Uh, they also end up with a, a Canadian guard, Delano Banton. 46 overall and guard sure. David Johnson, 47th. Yeah. 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 Pretty big That's time. Exciting. Um, now <laughs> Kim Birch signed a multi-year contract with the Raptors ended up resigning with them. Kyle Lowry was acquired obviously by the Miami heat. As we discussed last week in exchange for precious Achua, Goran Drogic and a TPE, a lot of rumors, nothing official yet that Drogic will eventually be bought out by the Raptors and will probably end up signing, uh, with his fellow, uh, fellow countryman Luka Doncic in Dallas and uh and and Nick and Justin's neck of the woods. Aaron Baines became a free agent. They end up not re-signing him. But Gary Trent Jr. signed a multi-year contract with the Raptors. I mentioned Scotty Barnes. Let's see. Oh, Justin Champagne, just because he has an awesome last name, ended up signing a two-way contract with the Raptors. They uh he was an un- undrafted free agent. And trying to find, oh, Isaac Bonga signed a contract with the Raptors, uh, released from the Washington Wizards. That's a fun young piece that I like with that team. And then former Thunder player, Speed Mihailuk, signed a multi-year contract with the Raptors. So that's kind of the big moves there that the that the Raptors ended up doing. Um, it definitely seems like they're pivoting more towards a younger team, but still... Um, they aren't going super young like the Thunder, right? They're kind of continuing to build around that core of players like... Um, uh, Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet and others. So yeah, pretty busy off season for them. Justin, what, uh, what are you looking forward to with Toronto next year? How are you feeling about that team? Oh, Scott Barnes is going to be <laughs> uh real fun to watch. He is just, he's an enormous human being and I'm really excited to see, Excuse me. I'm really excited to you see you were getting how, some uh, real good bass in that voice. Like that? There. Yeah, <laughs> I a little raspy. You should like narrate that Josh Giddy picture. 
That's my Batman voice. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> where am I? Uh, Scotty Barnes. He's gonna be good. Um, I think he's <laughs> he's gonna be fun to watch. Um, I don't know that they're gonna be like massively better. That's starting to sound like Tibbs. Um, Dude, you guys gonna... did see in your defense. We did see Tibbs. Did you get to hear him talk? No. Did you actively him, watch him eat cigarettes? On. This is Tibbs. Like... You're listening to the Uncontents podcast. I feel like he doesn't was, smoke. Was covered in saliva. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Tibbs doesn't smoke. He just eats the cigarettes, like filter and all. <laughs> just <laughs> straight down the hatch. And they're lit. His mouth is an ashtray. Um, wow. He smokes it backwards. Barnes. He lights it, then flips it around and inhales. He ain't I no like candy. The good news is that nobody's still listening to this podcast anymore, so nobody's going to hear any of this. Um, no, I, I felt like... Uh, the opposite of the Knicks, maybe like the Raptors were kind of like the Thunder in that they they were no, not like the Thunder. Sorry, but <laughs> this is a really good segment. They were worse than they should have been. Their record was worse than they should have been last yeah. year. And I don't I wouldn't expect that to continue this year. And I think adding Scotty Barnes helps. I think adding Steve Mackay. I give up. <laughs> adding Steve helps. Um, I think they'll be marginally better. Someone else talked now. No, I agree. I think they lost a lot of games on the stretch, similar to the Thunder. I, I was actually picking up what you were putting down there. The Thunder definitely should not have lost like 19 of their last 21 games. Um, I, I think they'll be a little bit better too. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. Um, I do think they could be sellers at the deadline. I do think Pascal Siakam could be on the move. Um, but no, they, they've got a lot of young, intriguing pieces. They're in a really, really good spot. Um, I think they'll be good two to three years from now. But this year, eh, they'll be okay. That's what's interesting to me, right? It's like they're one of those teams that have kind of – they've played what you call the middle ground, right? They didn't go all in on tanking, uh, but they did get away some of those veterans. They built around their current timeline, like I mentioned, um, with their acquisitions this offseason, which to your point, Nick, like puts them in a very interesting spot. It kind of reminds me of the Hawks. Jacob and I were talking about the Hawks um, last week, right? Like they have all these young pieces. They can either swing for the fences on a Ben Simmons or a player like that after they kind of evaluate their pieces this this regular season, or they can just continue to kind of play it out and be a kind of a middle of the road team and then reevaluate this offseason and see what happens. So I'm very curious kind of to see uh, the direction that uh, that Masai goes. Um yeah, it'll be interesting. Also, they, they signed him again to a uh, – or signed him again. They re-signed him to a longer contract. They have – their team is very interesting in the sense it's it's almost thunderish as far as the style of player they have targeted. Now they have Pascal Siakam. They have OG Ananobi. Uh, they have Scotty Barnes, Precious Achua. They have these really, really big wings that are – very versatile and like high IQ and can really pass the ball. Uh, it's a little bit different than the thunder in the sense that like a lot of the Toronto guys are, I, I think a lot more athletic and maybe a little less cerebral, but it's fascinating to me. Like they could run a lineup of Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, 
and Precious Achua out there. And that's like four of your five guys. And then all those dudes are like six, eight or taller, you know? So they, the versatility they have in that front court, I think is really, really fascinating. Now, interesting to me, they're over under 36 and a half, pretty low. I thought, where do you guys land on this one? Uh, Nick, we'll start with you. Over. That's a really, really low number. Yeah. I was surprised at how low that one was. Yeah, I'm I'm going over. Justin, where are you? I think I'll take the over as well. Nice. Taylor? <laughs> that feels like an easy over, but again, like like we talked about last week, you have to take the rest of the East into consideration. But even then, like I feel like, yeah, it, like the Raptors are even going or are either going to make a move that makes them better or they're going to stay as is and continue to improve as a unit. So I'll take the over as well, I think. But like who is under <laughs> if they aren't? Yeah. Silva. I'm going over for sure. They're back in Toronto. Uh, they'll have, uh, although sure. Kyle Lowry left, they'll have a healthy, young, exciting team. So over for sure. We didn't talk much about Gary Trent Jr., who I think mm-hmm. helps them a lot. And who was the the rookie point guard they had last season that ended up being real good? I think you guys oh, saw uh, him. Malachi out in, Flynn. Yeah, Mal- I think Malachi Flynn could be real good as well. So they've got they've got some interesting pieces that I think if they can kind of put everything together, they can be very good defensively with all those big long wings. I, I think it'll be, be a fun team. So awesome. Well, gentlemen, we went a little long tonight, but that's okay. It was fun talking about other teams, uh, have some content to fill. So, uh, with that being said, I think it is time, uh, time for us to get out of here. Thank you guys for joining the show tonight. We really appreciate you. Uh, if this is your first time tuning into the uncontested, Thanks so much for for joining. If you're on the live stream, make plans to come join us again next Sunday at 9 p.m. Central Time. We'll also be on Wednesday night around 8.30 p.m. Central Time, so join us then as well. If you listen to the podcast version of this, hey, thanks for clicking that download button, man. We appreciate you. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure you subscribe. Drop a five-star rating. Makes us feel better. Also helps more people see the podcast. Just It's good for everybody. You do a good deed. We receive a good deed. Who's not happy in that situation, really? So thank you guys again so much. Have a great start of your week. We will be back with you again Wednesday night, right here, same place again, 8.30 p.m. Central Time. Until then, and as always, Thunder Up.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.